again before the end of the night. But thank you so much, Pastor Mark and Pastor Tasha, for allowing us to have a takeover. And thank you, everyone. Who's already having fun? Wasn't worship lively? Aren't you excited? I don't want to make these students who are being obedient. They're literally going to the left, going to the right. They're obeying God and sharing their testimonies and the word of God tonight. So I don't want to leave them hanging too much longer, but I want to encourage you, please be a very supportive audience and draw the gift of God out of them. I believe some of these students are called to preach and will continue to declare the word of God for the rest of their lives. And it starts tonight. All right. You're warmed up. So with that being said, I'm going to invite my first guest, and that is Elijah. Come on up, Elijah Bray. Give it up for Elijah Bray. Um, um, hi. So I would just like to, um, to testify what God has done for me. So, so um, it was last winter, and me and my sister were playing on a rope swing, just... Um, an old rope swing um, tied to a tree, and we were swinging back and forth, and me and my sister decided to do a competition on see who could swing the highest, and we're jumping off of a big rock, so. And so I swung out, and when I swung out, the, the rope slid down the branch, and when I swung back, I, I, um, I slammed into the rock with my back. And, it, and so I, all I remember is me just on my hands and knees on the ground in the dirt, and I just couldn't move. So my sister had to went and went and grab my dad, which is wor which was working in the barn, and um, my dad came rushing down, and he first asked my sister what what was what's going on, what happened, and she said she told him what happened, and um, then he came and asked me. He's like, "Can you get up?" And I said, "No, it hurts too bad. I can't get up." And so my dad was like, "Hey, do you want me to call an ambulance?" what do you need me to do? So it was about 10 minutes later, and um, he went and grabbed a sled since there's snow on the ground, and he got a sled, and I crawled on all four, uh, all hands and knees, and I crawled on the sled, and he brought me to the, um, to the garage and right in the car and right to the ER. And um, so we were there, and they got some x-rays, and they told us that I got two compressure fractures two compressor fractures, and T7 and T8 of my vertebrae and my spine. And so the next day we had to see another doctor, which told us that it was going to take six to eight weeks to heal. And, and, and then we made an appointment to see a specialist in Denver. Um, I remember having to sleep in a reclining chair in the living room. I couldn't, I couldn't lay down. I had to have help getting up. I couldn't bend down to touch my feet or put my socks on. I couldn't even raise my hands above my shoulder. And it just hurt to move. And then for two weeks, I stayed in the reclining chair, only except to use the restroom. It was Sunday night, and, and it was Sunday, and I was thinking nothing of it. I was like, hey, I'm not going to go to church today. You know, because the previous week I didn't go to church, so because my back. And I was like, hey, I'm not going to go to church. But my dad was like, hey, you're going to church today. And... <laughs> And I was like, okay, okay then. So we got in the car, and I was asking my dad, I was like, hey, can you slow down? Because every bump in the road just hurt. So I asked him to slow down because my back would really hurt. And during praise and worship, I felt God's presence in this room, and um, it was the song Champion. And it said, 
When I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing down. When I open up my mouth, miracles start breaking out. And then, and then after that, Pastor Mark asked me how I was doing, and I said, eh, better. <laughs> and Pastor Mark asked me to come up in front so you all could pray for me. And when, when I went to sat down, I had, my pain was gone. Thank you, Jesus. And when I went home, I reached down and I untied my shoes like I normally would. I was like, <laughs> I was a little confused. And I saw that I did it. And my dad was sitting in the, in the living room in the um, kitchen table. And I ran through that hallway and I was like, and I just told him, I was like, I'm going to youth group. And, and I was like, and, and I'm, I'm riding the bus. <laughs> and my dad just looked at me, confused. <laughs> I threw my hands up and I said, I'm healed. And when we got to the bus pickup, I ran across that parking lot. And the day before that, I could barely even walk. So, and I jumped right in the bus and I sat in the very back of the bus because that's, ba that's the bounciest seat in the bus. <laughs> and I said, thank you, Jesus. And this is a confession that, of faith that we have been saying every morning before school since I was a little kid. It says, Dear Jesus, come into my heart today and fill me with your love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And may the words of your, my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And then we also would have said, we also say, In Jesus' name, I am blessed prosperous, successful, strong, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, and a highly favorite child of the Most High God. Amen. Praise God. Give it up for Elijah Bray, everybody. Starting us off right. So, the word testimony literally means do it again. And three of the five students who are sharing tonight are going to talk about testimonies. And I just want to encourage you that just because he's a middle school student, he's up here and he's very nicely dressed and you're like, okay, great. That's to encourage your faith. You can receive your healing off that testimony. So many of us, um, I, I'm just going to tell a little bit, Elijah. So many of us get caught up in the fact that we have to be so perfect. We have to get every step right to be healed. I want to tell you, Elijah Bray's turning into an awesome man of God, but many times on the bus, I have to tell Elijah Bray to sit down and listen. And he has a tendency to go to the back of the bus and just do this out of the bus the whole way to youth. One time he did it to a police officer, and the police officer turned his lights on, and then it all stopped. So listen, it's not based off of our good works that we get healed. It's based off of Jesus, and that's why he's not thanking his good works. He's thanking Jesus for his healing. Amen? Amen. All right. Woo! All right, next up, we're going to hand it off to a lady. This is... Uh, Hope Tomlinson. Come on, Hope. Hope's going to share for us. Hope has been with us for a long time, and I'm very excited. She, she wanted to share tonight. I'm going to be completely honest, and I forgot this was this week. <laughs> Thought it was next week, but it's okay. <laughs> 
So basically, what I'm going to talk about is my anxiety, because I'm a very anxious person. And before I started going to youth group, I hated everybody, <laughs> especially Hannah. <laughs> and I hated being around people, especially people my own age, because I was worried about how they'd see me. And I started talking more to youth leaders like Brittany when she first started coming. And then when Marissa joined and Stacy, they were good people to talk to because I needed that. I was going through a rough time at home, which I am again right now, and it's good to have people you can talk to. And I've made some amazing friends here. Hannah and I have been friends for a long time now, and I know that if I'm going through a rough time, she'll just sit there and she'll pray with me. And it's good to be able to just call her when I'm having a rough day. And I know I can always talk to her mom, too. And I remember the first time I ever got up and someone prayed for me, I was about to have a surgery. And I was so scared to be up there. But um, our youth leaders prayed over me, and my surgery went smoothly the next day. I was scared out of my mind. <laughs> but... Um, I'm just glad that I have, the youth group gives me someone I can talk to and it gives me a place to go when I'm scared or anxious about anything. And it's good to know that I can just pray about it because I do a lot, especially at school because I just started going back to public school and my anxiety is super bad at school. So I've called Hannah before. I'm like, I'm at school and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I just wanted to say that it's always good to have people you can talk to and always know that you can pray about it because God will sit there and listen and he doesn't judge you. Amen. One thing I really appreciate about Hope is that Hope and Hannah are very evangelistic and they're always bringing their friends. We're going to talk about this. Many of their friends that have come have gotten saved. And that's, I'll be honest, she may not have shared a bunch of scriptures and verses and had you shouting, but she's going out inviting her friends, bringing them to church, and they're getting saved. I want to tell you, that's more than a lot of us are doing right here. This place would double and triple if we just practice what Hope and Hannah do. Uh, but I want to say this, Hope. You are not an anxious person. You're a daughter of God, and your portion is peace, and Jesus is the prince of your peace. And I want to say what's available for her is available for you here in the house. That's why we're put together as a family, so we can receive that help. Okay, so we have two testimonies, but I have a student who has a message prepared, and that is Gabe Hoffman. Will you come forward, Gabe? Give us the word. Okay, so um, there's two points I'll be talking about tonight, and the first point is going to be, um, what is heaven like, okay? And so that's point one. And, and there's also going to be, the second point is going to be, heaven is joyous. So um, and I, this message is going to be, I really hope that this message can get something. Like uh, this message will, you guys will grasp something out of this message and that you guys will... Uh, Take a hold of it. So, point number one. I, oh, if you guys have your Bibles, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 
then, and it says, I has not seen nor ear heard have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Um, and then continuing on the message, it says, I don't believe I've ever known a person or at least a Christian who did not want to know what heaven is like, including me. Uh, this is not mere curiosity. However, like wondering about some place we've never visited, instead we know that heaven is our final home, the place where we will be spending all eternity. Why wouldn't we want to know about it? Admittedly, the Bible doesn't answer all our questions about heaven. One reason it, I've realized is that heaven is so much greater than anything our limited minds can ever imagine. Even if God answered all our questions about heaven, we, would, we wouldn't be able to understand him. Uh, it completely, it's endless glory and wonder and joy. Then the Bible says we will share in the glory to be, to be revealed, and that's 1 Peter 5.1. And then, um, and then even if the Bible does tell us everything we want to know about heaven, it does tell us everything we need, we want to know about heaven. It does tell us everything we need to know and everything it uh, tells us about heaven should make us want to go there. Um, then this is a question for you guys. What do you look forward to most in heaven when you get there? And what I want, what I look forward to most is seeing my family members that have gone up to heaven before me. Um, and then point two, heaven is joyous. So, uh, you can open your Bible to Psalm 16. Uh, you will show me the path in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand uh, are pleasures forevermore. Not only will heaven be glorious and perfect, uh, but it will also be joyous. It's glory, it's perfection, these alone will be enough to, be, to bring us unimaginable joy. But heaven will be joyous for other reasons also. Heaven will be a place of joyous reunion and all of those who have gone, up, gone to heaven before us, I am often asked if we will uh, recognize each other in heaven. My answer is always a resounding yes. The Bible tells us that in heaven... We won't be isolated spirits separated from each other and floating aimlessly around the clouds. Instead, we will be united together, we who are still alive and, want, and are left. We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds um, to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Uh, then uh, Thessalonians 4.17, and that was uh, the verse that was misquoted. Uh, perhaps, however, you don't look forward to meeting someone who has hurt you or someone who, or you have hurt. Um, don't worry about this. In heaven, we will all be perfect. And uh, this is another question. Who do you want to meet again in heaven? So a little backstory is, so I have a older sister that was uh, three months gestation. And uh, so she died, and that's who I will want to meet again in heaven. And uh, I just want to thank you uh, for the, the youth group and Pastor Mark and Pastor Tasha for letting me speak tonight. Thank you. Good job, Gabe. I'm really thankful for Gabe. Gabe, Gabe took this really seriously. I think that's why he got a Billy Graham message. He wanted to keep it safe. But he, he's, he was, I asked him, and he's like, okay, I'll do that. Yeah, and then he's like, 
how do I do this without being so nervous? I said, that's a really good question. So he actually came and met with me during the week, and we just practiced how to build a message and how to do that, and he was really receptive, and he was asking tons of questions. He's really passionate about God and worship, and I think what he says is really true. Uh, it's great to think about heaven. We should think about heaven, partly because there are those that have gone on the bat before, but we're believing for a revival, and the more we get excited about heaven, the more we want to see people go there, and I love what he said about seeing his sibling go to heaven. It reminds me when I was just a child that, uh, my, my oldest brother died before I was even born. He was seven. He had a brain tumor. And I never really heard my mom talk about him. And I remember one day she was taking me to Christian school. I was still in children's church age. And she just was just in sorrow about the loss of her child. And I remember I did, she didn't say anything to me. She, it was just in her head. And I opened up my mouth and said, Jesus showed me a picture of Cody, Mom. And he told me to tell you he's okay. You don't need to worry about him. And I remember I had this dream, and I went to this classroom, and it was a bunch of boys with no hair that had gone through chemo. And he was smiling, he was jumping, and he ran up to me. He's like, hey, go tell mom that I'm okay. She doesn't have to worry about it. So I just want to encourage you. That's powerful. It came from a high school student, but those are true things that we can hold on to and we can share with others so we can see the kingdom grow. All right. So next up, we have a returning guest from last year, and I'm calling this person Clutch because we actually had a cancellation that couldn't come today, and I thought, who can I get to fill that position? I knew one person, and it's Layla Clutch Kreitzer coming through to share her testimony. So give it up for Layla for being Miss Clutch. Good evening. <laughs> I'm really nervous. Okay, I want to share my testimony. I'm so thankful that I've, I was, whoa, <laughs> I was given the life that I was given. I know so many youth have gone through so, stuff I haven't gone through. It's rare that kids don't go through things that are so sad and rip them apart emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically. It's terrible. I used to think that I have to go through bad stuff to have a testimony, but I don't. God has affected my life in not going through thing, those things. I've gone through little things like fights with friends, bad attitudes, arguments with my brothers and parent, my brother and parents. But in my life, the biggest thing has been the devil challenging me in my faith. I found that one thing that reminds me who I truly am is when I get to be in God's presence. When I come to youth group, not only do I get to learn and soak up the word of God, but I get to do it in a community of people my own age. Together we get to strengthen in his presence. Together we get to walk out the things that we learn. Together we get to overcome the temptation of the enemy. Amen. You guys are so special to me, so thank you for being in my life. I'm so glad we get to learn about God together. I'm so glad God put me in the strongest, fiercest tribe of warriors I've ever known. I, I want to leave you with something tonight. The devil might whisper in your ear, you are, whoa, you are not strong enough to withstand the storm. Today I declare over you, you overcome with joy. You are children of God, young women and men and women of faith, warriors of Christ, 
We are the body of Christ. We are the storm. Thank you so much, Layla. That was great. I love what she shared. Uh, I have a very similar background. I didn't do a whole lot. I didn't have a really rebellious background. But I know what it's like to be attacked in the mind about my faith and confidence in that. And I remember, uh, it's so great to see what you learned in youth, other students learning in youth. That's, that's the most you can hope for, that what you've gone through and you've overcome, that people overcome and go to another level. And I'm seeing that happen. But it reminds me, because this is just what can happen in youth. I was in youth group. It was one of my last years. And I just was the kind of person that would want to rededicate my life every time I had the opportunity. There was very little confidence that I was saved. And I remember one of my last camps, I actually ran up on stage and took the microphone from the guest speaker. And was like, I feel led to give an altar call, and I'm going to answer it myself. But when I got, which is very strange, but when I got off the stage, there was another youth student that ran up to me and he said, never again let the enemy lie to you about who you are. And I was like, whoa, because it wasn't some person older than me. It was my peer looking me in the eye and telling me. So when she looks over here and says, hey, I'm so thankful for being a part of a tribe, I want to tell you what that peer spoke to me so much. So thank you for being strong for Layla group. So we have one more to share. And I'm so thankful that my students really heeded my warning of not taking too much time. Very good job. But it's gone by very fast. So Hannah, we're going to allow you to have a little bit more time. Please welcome Hannah Vashis as she comes to share. Thank you, John. And thank you to Pastor Mark and Tasha for giving us this opportunity. I... Honestly, this is one of my favorite nights of the year. I was so excited when John decided to let me do it. Because it's true what Layla said, this youth group is my safe place. It is where I've been coming here since fifth grade, fourth grade. I think I started coming before I was technically allowed to come. So <laughs> I've been here for a while. And she was right when it, she says the youth group is a big part of our lives. The fact that we have an opportunity to come up here and get to speak about our testimony to someone other than our friends or our parents, just to let people know, hey, God is real, is really exciting. So tonight, I am speaking, well, when I was first trying to come up with a title for my message, I was struggling. I was like, hey, I want to speak on, like, your faith in public. What do I call that? How about public faith? So, one thing in, as a teenager, a lot of the times when you're getting to know someone new, it's a game of 20 questions. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? Hey, what's your job? What do you like to do? Very tedious, constant, repetitive questions. Well, you can also tell a lot from a person based off of a hat they wear with a logo. Uh, are you a Broncos fan? Are you a Patriots fan? Do you like hockey instead? Or one of my favorites is Looney Tunes. I had an aunt who had a steering wheel cover with Tweety Bird on it and loved it. It was great. <laughs> well, so where I'm going with this is how long does it take you when you're getting to know a person to realize that they have a relationship with God? How long does it take you to tell someone you have a relationship with God? 
So I attended another youth group on Wednesday nights, and which I love. It's about 15 kids, and me and my friend Chloe over there are two of the only girls. I think we have one other one. They're all sophomore, freshman boys. Well, again, back to the logos. Everyone always has a hat on. Everyone always has a sweatshirt on. Well, one day, two of the boys, two of the older ones, showed up in a Jesus is King sweatshirt. And my youth leader was so excited. He was like, guys, where'd you get that? Like, how'd you, where'd you get that? What color? Can I get one? Can you send me the link? Like, yo, send me the link. Well, it got me thinking. Do I, like, have anything that I can wear to school that, like, kind of tells people I'm a Christian? Because I'm not ashamed of that. I'm part of clubs and stuff like that. And, yeah, from what people know about me, the ones that know me really well would know. I attend youth groups on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, and I really love God. Well, then I started working with a new girl at my work, and we were talking, and I mentioned youth group, and she looks at me, and she's like, you go to church? Wow. That kind of hurt, because I've worked with this girl a couple times before that, and just the way she was like, do I not seem like I go to church? She was like, no, 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 it's not that, it's just... I don't know, your mannerism, just the way, I don't know, just the, from what I know about you, you didn't seem like a church person. Hmm. That hurt. (laughs) That really hurt. So I started thinking about it. I was like, okay, what can I change about the way I just talk to people or I interact with people that tells them I'm a child of God? Because we shine differently with Jesus. We were teaching on it in youth group. John had me teach a message on the fire of God. And we shine differently with Jesus. You can see it in someone's face. So the first scripture I was hoping to share was Jeremiah 29, well, 20, verse 9, which says, and I'm reading out of the NIV version, but if I say I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones, I am weary of holding it in. That's how we should be. We should be so excited to tell people about God that they get sick of us. My friends should be tired of hearing about Jesus. And I probably, if I'm being completely honest, I probably have friends that don't even know I go to church. So then, if you read Revelations 3, verse 15, Maybe, yep. He talks about lukewarm Christianity. I know your deeds that are not neither cold or hot. I wish you were either one of the other, one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. That one was actually given to me by my mother. So it wasn't just people I didn't know noticing my lukewarmness. It was my parents. And she told me, she's like, I want you to focus on what you're saying. Focus on the way you're talking about people, school, other stuff. So I, again, started thinking about it, went back to the word, was going through, okay, what can I do? How can I, how can I change this? So when I, I have one friend, she's doesn't really know God. She'd be talking about stuff we'd normally talk about, guys, other stuff like that. And I'd just be like, well, did you pray about it? The look she gave me. 
She turned to me, she's like, no, but da 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 da. It's like, okay, but did you pray about it? She's like, no. And I was like, did you pray about it? And she just eventually dropped the conversation and like moved on. Because she wasn't getting from me what she wanted, which was more gossip, more complaining, more, yeah, no, he's stupid. Well, so then if you take a look at Matthew, wait, let me look, no, Psalms 91.14, he says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. As a teenager that is a Christian, it can be hard. It's not a popular thing even for the schools that have clubs, like I'm part of FCA, but there are also a lot of kids in there that you would look at and wonder, you go to church? Because you see the way you act outside of the classroom when you're not in Sunday school or church service or youth group or Bible study, you see other people's actions. One thing I used to get so frustrated about was my parents would be like, well, they're a good Christian kid. And I'm like, well, you don't see them at school. But then again, do I look at myself and say the same thing? Because I'm over here hoping that parents are talking about me, like the way my parents talk about kids I know. Like, oh, she's a good Christian girl. She's good. You should hang out with her. She's got a good influence. God has a good influence on her life. But is our kids replying back the same way, saying, you don't see her at school. Or you don't see her on the soccer field. And it really makes you think, what am I doing wrong? Because it's the little things. It can be your language. What words are you using when you're describing something? It can be a simple conversation. It can just be your heart issue. I don't know how many times where I've been, and my parents have held me accountable to this, if I'm talking about someone I know, and they can feel the anger in my heart, they drop it. Because there's no reason to be feeding into that. The second you feed into it, the more it begins to grow and grow and grow. And it's really hard to kill that weed. I'm still working on it. <laughs> I'm still working on it. So then, he also tells us in Matthew 10:32, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. When it comes to my public faith, I am going to acknowledge him to everybody. In everything I do, I want to acknowledge him to everybody. Amen. Because I want him to acknowledge me before God. When it comes to the approval of my peers and my friends here on earth, in high school, in high school, I think I prefer God's approval in eternity over a couple years. So I, and I know this isn't just a high school thing. This is an everyone thing. What can we do to acknowledge our relationship with God? Whether it's put a bumper sticker on the back of your car. Every, most people have a car, just saying. They're like 50 cents. It's not expensive. Or maybe get a sweatshirt. Be like the cool guys at my youth group. 
Team Jesus all the way. I was wanting one of them the other day. I was shopping online, actually. Or just help someone. Just help someone. We went to the extended table. That was a really amazing experience. I was so thankful that I got to be a part of that. Because it really shows you what you have in life. And what you can do to change someone else's life. I didn't know these people. Lots of them had dogs. A lot of them, we watched, Hope and I were sitting there, and we watched this guy give his entire meal to his dog. His entire meal. And Hope went over to John P. She's like, hey, can I, like, can I bring in some dog food from my house, and can we like, give it to them to donate? This way, next time they have people with dogs, we can. That's an act from someone that has the light of God in them. Whether, yeah, you might be struggling, you might not, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. It's like what Gabe said, you will only be perfect in heaven. But we can choose what we do now to make our faith public to everybody. Social media, big one. That one, when you join a sport, a lot of the times they tell you, be careful what you post on social media. Someone's always watching. It always gets back to us. Happened my freshman year, a senior. I don't, I don't know what it was. She got kicked off the team because of something that came back on social media. Something that she thought was, oh, no one's going to see this. No adults are going to see this. This is just me and my friends messing around. Parents see it. Peers see it. Kids see it. Siblings see it. I have a little brother in middle school. His friends will come up to me and be like, hey, and I'm like, hi. And they'll start telling me about their lives, and then they'll be like, oh, so what happened, that thing that happened with you, why do you know about that? Oh, your brother told me. Oh, thank you, Joshua. <laughs> but then again, it makes you, it shows you. I have middle schoolers watching me at a middle school I never went to. I never had teachers besides, you know, my dad's a teacher there now. But a lot of kids are like, no, I still help out with the middle school that I used to go to. I'm like, I've moved eight times and don't go to this middle school and didn't go to that one. But yeah, sure, I know what you're talking about. I talk to the people at my middle school too. But my brother talks. <laughs> Not always good stuff and I want it to be good stuff. <laughs> I want all good things. When you hear someone talking about you and they're like, oh, I was just saying something, all good things. And you can tell they're lying. It's not fun, it's not a good feeling. So when it comes to my public faith, I want my brother to go around, instead of talking about a fight he overheard me having with a friend or something that happened, like, no, my sister taught at our church tonight. Or she helped out this kid at youth group. Or no, my sister packed six kids in a car to get them to youth group. <laughs> my car seat's five. <laughs> it was a short trip, I swear. <laughs> we needed to get there. We had to get to the bus. Things like that where you can see them trying. And it's the same thing with my friends. I want to be able to talk about my friends like, yeah, no, she's really into worship. My friend Chloe, amazing singer amazing, and she's on the worship team with her mom. And she is not afraid to belt it out wherever she is. I don't know if you heard her, but we were just in the front row, and all I can hear is Chloe. Which again, she's an amazing singer, so I don't mind. But that's what people, I want 
people to be able to say good stuff like that. Like, Chloe's an amazing worship leader. She takes initiative. She knows what she's doing, and she has the gift from God to do it. Just Gabe getting up here and presenting. He, like John said, he asked for help. He asked me for help. He's like, how do you stay so calm up there? I laugh. I make fun of myself. But that's, if that's what it takes is pointing out our own flaws is how we teach people and how I can show my faith and show that I'm not afraid to be vulnerable. Then that is the image I want people to have of me, not some person that I'm not actually. So that's my message on public faith. Thank you. Really thankful for Hannah, and she's not lying. Uh, she loads up her car with friends, siblings, picks them up today. She saw me coming in the bus. She's like, I'm driving to this part of Rifle to pick up one student. Then I have to go to the other side of Rifle to pick up two more. I'm going to be there. Wait for me on the bus. I'm like, we'll stay, Hannah. We'll make sure to get you there. So it's awesome. Can you, can you see the conviction and the sincerity in her voice? And I just want to say I've, I've known Hannah for a very long time. And she sticks to her guns. She's got a tenacity to her about what God's called her to do. I didn't necessarily have this exactly at that age, but she senses in her heart what God has called her to do. And people have come by her and wanted to do that with her and fallen off by the wayside. But it has not moved Hannah from what she's called to do. If you ask Hannah what she's called to do, she's going to finish high school. She's going to go to Rama. She's going to emphasize in missions. And then she's going to be a missionary somewhere in the world. And she had a friend who came and said, you know what? We're going to do this. And we're going to have this spot. I've already picked out our apartment. And that friend fell by the wayside. But Hannah's still staying the course. There was a certain guy that I love. He's awesome. He was really interested in Hannah, but he called me up one day. He's like, you know, I just really don't know what I'm going to do after high school. And Hannah just knows exactly what she wants to do and what God's called her to do. And I just had to tell him, then you can't pull her off that. And that's a great thing. And Hannah's willing to stick with it. So that may or may not be what God's called her to do, but I think that conviction inside of her to hold what God has revealed to her to this point is amazing. And I thank you for sharing. You did a great job, Hannah. So at this point, I just want to tell you a little bit more about the youth group, introduce you to my leaders. So if my leaders can come up here, that would be great right now. That would be awesome. So come on up. We don't have all of them present, but we have some of them. Because I am talking in the microphone, the students are talking in the microphone, but I can't do it without them. So I just want to tell you a little bit about each one of these people. Yeah, you can stand this way, going that way. That's great. Um, so first off, we have Justin here. And honestly, Justin is amazing. He's like Layla. He's clutch and utility. He'll do whatever you ask. And he can get in this mode, which you might experience here in a minute, which is almost game show voice. And he just does a great job of it. Uh, but he has a skill set to talk to middle school boys as if they were college graduates and the middle school boys are like, I get it. And he may not recognize it, but he really does. And the reason is he just sees him and he cares about him. And I ask each one of my leaders, what's your dream for being a part of the youth group? And he said, I just want to have a personal connection with a student each night. And he really does it. He'll stay late. He'll, he'll point one out and play basketball with him and hang out with him. And he's transitioning off the team here very soon because he is going all the way to Africa. He's one of those people who sought God and God put it in his heart to go to Africa. And he's, 
He's going left. He's going all the way to Africa, to Kenya, and he's going to be there for six months helping in a school. So as God puts a picture of this handsome tall guy in your mind, make sure to pray for him on this journey he's about to go on. So we're thankful for Justin. And then we have Christy, who just joined the team this year. Uh, Yeah, thank you, Pastor Jonathan, leading that round of applause. Christy's been around the church for a really long time, and she just wanted to jump in, and she said, I've been a nurse for so long. I don't want any glorious heady jobs. I just want to serve. And I said, okay, well, Christy, what would be your dream on the youth team? She said, you know what my dream is? To listen to students. And what she really means is that so many people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And she said, I just want to listen to students and help them. But what she does for us on a weekly basis is when we come to s- on Sunday, we don't take it as a small thing. And I have our leaders pray at 5.30, and she has a heart for revival, and she leads a time of prayer. And we pray before every Sunday night, and I think it affects what we—I don't think—I know it affects what happens on a Sunday. So she leads us in prayer. So thank you so much, Christy. We appreciate that. And then we have Marissa right here, my beautiful wife. Yeah, give her a big round of applause. She needs it because she has to put up with me. And I drive the bus every Sunday. And what that means is I get here and I'm not here before youth and I'm not here after youth because I'm driving the bus. And Marissa is the first one to unlock the door and normally the last person to lock up down there and to answer every question that anyone has about youth because she's married to me and she must have the answer. And to be honest, she does a very good job. And I can't take credit for any of the ideas I have here because I have a partner at home who gives me great ideas. I couldn't do it without her. And she likes to play the background. But I want to tell you, she's amazing at communicating. She communicates the Word of God powerfully. And uh, be praying that that comes out more because she's excellent at it. So I love you, and I couldn't do it without you, babe. And then... We've had a couple leaders that have resigned recently, uh, Brittany Rossler and Stacy Brown. They were great. Uh, Brittany, you still see her at the coffee cart. That's a fundraiser. She helps lead that. But we've had some leaders come on the team and help. And Letizia and her husband, Chris, have just recently come on. And Letizia is like a fireball. She's so excited every week. And she's our photographer. Maybe you've seen on Facebook. She's always like, awesome night at NCC Youth. And she has four pictures. And this is the game we're playing. And she's responding to comments. I'm so excited about having a married couple serve in the youth ministry. It goes a really long ways. And then they're not, there's another couple that serves on a limited basis from Grand Junction. Their names are Dan and Rebecca White. Maybe you saw them at the Chili Fundraiser. But I'm very excited to have them with us. They're endeavoring to be able to serve more and more. But they're graduates from Rayma. Bible Training Center as well with a youth focus. So they couldn't be here tonight. Chris is also taking a healing, so we're praying for his recovery. But I couldn't do any of this without my team. So give it up for my team one more time, please. And you may have a seat. Thank you so much, guys. I'd like to start off just talking about what we've done this year. And it all starts with becoming NCC youth. Before this, we were the well, we were the river, we were the flood. And I just had in my heart that these students over here in this section and sprinkled throughout the rest of the sanctuary are not going to be a part of the church. They're a part of the church now. I want to see a little more response off that. They're not going to be part of the church. They're part of the church now. Do you believe it? Because I've been telling them weekly that that's the truth. So it'd be nice to hear the response from here because I'm trying to get the cohesion, and that's exactly what we're doing with Making It NCC Youth. That's why we come on Sunday. That's why we stand up here and worship. 
because they are a part of the church. And we launched that by having our pastor, Pastor Mark, come down and share with us. We are NCC Youth, and what we've done from that process is I'm no longer taking a random curriculum from somewhere from some people who are gifted to make curriculums. I'm taking the word that the Holy Spirit's speaking to this church on Sunday mornings, redeveloping it, packing it in a different way for youth, and giving it back to our students. And I want to show you some of what we've shared this year. So can you put up that first slide? Here's a series I did. It's called Today Years Old. What we started out at the beginning of the year, Pastor Mark was talking on foundations, and we went over the six foundational truths found in Hebrews 6. But after that, Pastor Mark taught on like forces that form your future. And it was thoughts, it was emotions, and it was beliefs. So you're like, what does that have to do with today years old? Well, if you're on social media, which a lot of you are, and you know exactly what today years old is, it was a set of memes. So I'm gonna give you a picture of what this meme is like. Look at this. I was today years old when I realized that Little Caesars toga has an L and C for Little Caesars. How many of you knew that? Very few of you knew that, but it was there all along, sitting right in front of you. And there's so many of these core things that will totally affect our life, like thoughts, like our emotions, like our beliefs, that we haven't really learned because we're not exercising faith in God and what he says about him. So I said, you students, it's today that we learn about it and we grow in our thoughts, emotions, and beliefs. It was just a repackaged Pastor Mark message. And what we recently just got done, Caleb, thank you for being awesome back there. We got through a series called That's the Church. Well, here on Sunday, morning, we were talking about we are the body. Well, I called it that's the church. And the point there's an arrow going is recognizing that this group right here is the church. So what are you guys over there? The church. That's right. Thank you, Justin, coming in clutch. Like I said, students, I was hoping you were ready for that one. But what I told them is it's not about me. It's about we. And we got the same message that Pastor Mark was teaching. They're getting the same thing because what God's speaking to Pastor Mark should go through him to us and to this community because God's put great things in this church. Amen. Amen. So what we focused on in our planning in the year before are two categories, discipleship is the first category. And the second category is outreach. The reason we care so much about discipleship is because it's a command of Jesus to go make disciples, but it's our purpose as a youth group to save the lost, establish the saved, train the established, and send the trained. And there's some things we did to do that. The first one that we had a creative idea with was the foundation class. So you might have taken Connect. If you haven't, it's happened January 8th, right? Is that the date? January 8th at 10:15. You got to take it. But I thought, we're connected as a church. My students shouldn't have to wait. Let's get that part of what we believe into our students. So what they go over are nine core beliefs of the Christian faith. And I thought, I need a barometer to know where the students are at. So we developed a quiz or like a questionnaire. And it had questions like, what are the three parts of a person? What is the trinity? What happens when you die? To see where the students were at with these core beliefs. And then we did the class, and they retook the test. And it was amazing how much they learned, how much they were developed. But what I loved about that class was, I was like, is anyone going to come to this? We had 43 students pack into that room to take that class. And I was expecting to take students who were saved and develop it, which happened. But two students got saved that day as well. So that was really awesome. And then another area of discipleship that we really look forward to and plan a lot into our winter and summer encounter. We have a picture of our winter encounter, if you can put that up. It's such an amazing time. You heard Layla shout. We had more at this winter encounter. We had 
79 students come to our winter encounter, and up on the stage there in a black hoodie, it's kind of hard to see because there's so many students and people up on the stage. The worship team does great. They always do. Thank you, worship team, for helping. But that's Matt Sheeran from Alexandria, Louisiana. And I realized something. Again, I'm, I might have more of a pastoral mindset. I'm always looking at developing students. But he stood up here, and he asked, he gave an altar call, and he said 25 hands were raised to rededicate their life. And I thought, we should attach salvation goals to these encounter conferences. I'm believing these students are being evangelistic and sharing with their friends, so let's believe they bring some friends in and get saved. So we had a summer encounter, and I want to let you know, on the last night, I felt led to give an altar call, and I wanted to be specific, because there's students like me who keep giving their life to Christ, keep giving their life to Christ. I got up on the stage, I said, I want to talk to students who've not prayed this prayer 10 times or two times, but you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. And we're not closing our eyes. Get up on the stage if you want that. And nine students got up on that stage in front of all their friends, stood up here, and got saved at the summer encounter. Praise God. Where we had 90 students come out to that event. And just as we're talking about salvation, through the youth ministry, through the encounters, and that's not just us. When we have our encounters, the last one, we had Iglesia Cristiana Nueva Creación, Faith Heights from Grand Junction, NCC Longmont came all the way here to be a part of that conference and our own youth group. Throughout the whole year, and we're not done yet, we've had 24 students give their lives for the first time to Christ. Praise God. That's an amazing thing. And why I say we're not done yet is our outreach events are to get new students here and get saved. Uh, Presley and Foster, Hope and Hannah have brought a lot of friends, and they've gotten saved. And we're having a Christmas party next week. So I want to tell you, parents, students, bring your friends to this event. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the gospel there, and we're going to do another altar call, and I believe in students will be saved. Will you believe with me this week for that? So 24 students saved. But what about outreach? Outreach fulfills the third part of our vision. Our vision is every member in their place to see the glory of God and to possess the land. Well, this is about possessing the land. I did some research, and there's 2,700 high school students from Parachute to Eagle. There's 34 youth students in this building tonight. There's so much that we can reach. So we we started up, and you heard it mentioned, we have a bus route. Throw up that picture of this bus. Look at me here with all these students and people on our bus. We have two awesome buses out on the pad out there. This was on the way to Bananas, one of our outreach events that we took students. And we saw students saved, not at this event, but students who came back from that event that got saved. But we run a bus, not just to special events like Bananas and Waterworld. We did both those events this year, but every Sunday night. And if you can put up that other slide, I want to show you this. Here's our bus route. It's kind of hard to see, but every Sunday night, you'll see a bus in the parking lot. One we pick up in Rifle, we pick up in Silt, and we pick up in Newcastle. And people like Hannah drive their car to get on this bus. So if you know people who would come, or maybe your own child would come, but you're not planning on coming, we'd love for you to come. But please get them on the bus. This is an asset that we have that we're using, and it's reaching students. The majority of the students who get saved, it starts on the bus. Because your kids who are already coming are saved, and this is a huge evangelistic outreach. And I'm believing for another bus driver. Because honestly, my team has to pick up a lot of load with me driving the bus every week and not being available. So if you're in this building with a CDL with a passenger endorsement, talk to me. Or if the heart to get one, come and talk to me. Because you could be very vital for reaching this upcoming generation. 
We also have done a color night. Every year we come and have a color night. We have a big chalk war. You see us running around. You come on down. Parents, I'm sorry for all the chalk that gets in your cars after that event. It's for the sake of the gospel. We appreciate you doing that. That's really fun. But it's been made mention of already. But pull up that picture of the extended table. We've been going to the extended table the first Tuesday of every month. The last two months we're doing it next week. And then Eric, will you wave your hand right here? We've been helping out Eric. Eric is amazing. He goes in the first Tuesday of every month and does it, his team fell back. And I wanted our students not just to receive great things. I wanted them to give back. You've already heard Hannah talk about it, but we've gone in there and to see these students just jump in. It's a little nerve-wracking. Those people sometimes don't make you super comfortable, but they stay there. They stand their ground. They smile. They give the food. And I w it was really cool of hope because that was like a light bulb idea. She said, I have a bunch of spare dog food. Can I bring dog food for the dogs? And we were like, yeah, you totally could do that. That's awesome. Hannah's right. That's God putting a divine idea to minister to people in a youth student. So we're doing that. We're doing it in January. So that's really something we're excited about. And last but not least, I'm nearing completion here. We have had just faith to get more and more in the community. COVID shut things down. It was harder, but we've seen things open up, and we've been in different schools. We have a presence right now in Glenwood through FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And the cool thing about Fellowship of Christian Athletes is it's the only ministry that can go into a public school and declare the gospel. Only ministry in all of America. And Cassandra Irving, who does Game On Camps and attends this church, is the sponsor of the middle school, and I'm the pastoral sponsor of the high school. And about every other week, I go in there, and we have 10 students and two Christian teachers that let us into a room, and we pray, we open scripture, we talk about it right there in the middle of the so-called demon playground. We're delivering the word, everybody. We also go into Ambleside. Uh, Josh West, our intern, has helped with this. And we go into Ambleside, and that's a Christian school. So thankful to be there. We've done chapels. We help out with a couple boys. We have Mason over here. He's from Ambleside Wave. There's a few other Ambleside students, but I specifically go in and help with those boys. Uh, the elementary school in Silt is a public school. And we do not bring Christ because we're not allowed to, but we do bring the character of Christ into that. And that produces influence. And the amazing thing was we can't declare Jesus in that. But after the school year last year, I was able to invite one of those students to the summer encounter, and that student got saved. He would have never gotten saved if we didn't get in to the public school in Silt. Also had the opportunity of doing... Coal Ridge's baccalaureate high school senior service. I've been able to do FCA inside Coal Ridge. It's just amazing the doors that are opening, and we believe there are going to be more doors in Jesus' name. Can I agree with that? So we can expand, so we can possess our land. Well, what are we going to do in this next year? Well, we're going to do another foundations class, but what this one is going to be based on is biblical literacy. I was really moved by the seminar we had about God and government and about how biblical literacy has gone down. We're going to develop a class on how to teach students how to read the Bible, how to know the core truths of the Bible, and we're hoping to see greater things than we saw last year at our foundations class. We're also, for the benefit of students and parents, having Alpha and Omega Creation Institute from Grand Junction come in here to do a class on biblical history of creation. They did a study, and the biggest reason why students in high school abandon their faith and become atheists is because they believe evolution to its fullest degree. 
And I just want to say, this group that's coming in is not corny, is not phony. They're legit, and it's going to be an outreach to students and parents because we believe in you, parents, and we only want to support the influence you have in your students' life. We're a team. We can't do it all for you. We don't want to. We want to support you in raising your students with a faith in God, and we believe this is going to be a great benefit. We're going to do our winter and summer encounter, and I'm pleased to let you know that we have dates for winter encounter. So parents, put open your phones, get your calendar out, get ready, because you're going to be able to sign your students up very shortly, February 24th and 25th. That's a Friday and Saturday. And the grand reveal of our guests, put them up on the screen, please. This is Minister. Some of you don't know Minister, but Minister is a rapper who used to be known as Sinister, but then he got saved, and now he's Minister. And he travels with Mark Hankins, and he's also Pastor Mike because he's a pastor in Philadelphia. And he came to a camp how many years ago? Six or seven years ago, and just rocked our socks off. So I called him. He's like, man, I haven't heard from you in a while, man. I'm like, yeah, will you come out and do a youth conference? He's like, you know I will. So he's coming. He's excited. He's already praying for this. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we're, we're almost done, but I wanted to do this if we can. If we can all stand up, I want to pray for the youth. I want to pray for what we can do going into the future. So if you can lift your voice with me, be passionate in prayer. Uh, man, God has plans for this generation. Uh, and I just want us to offer a fervent and effectual prayer to the God who hears according to his will. And we're going to pray according to his will. Amen. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much for every one of those students that shared. I thank you that you stir the fire of God inside of them, that you kindle it, that you make it hot. Father God, that just as Hannah said, that it would become a fire shut up in their bones, that they would go home, even to their parents, even to their siblings, and share what's in their heart. And Father God, I thank you for the rest of that section over there in Jesus' name. I thank you that they are the light of the world, that they recognize that they carry that light, that they disperse that light, that they do not put that light under a bushel. But Father God, just as you said to your Apostle John, that light shined in the darkness and the darkness could not overcome it. I thank you that the culture of the day that is dark, man, I don't care because these youth are full of light and they're going to shine in a dark place. They're going to correct the culture in this valley, in their schools. Father God, the anxiety and the depression that have been mentioned, Father God, I thank you for the anointing on their life to break those things in Jesus' name. I thank you that you're causing us to reach your community of this generation in this valley that you paid for with your blood with the gospel, Father God. I thank you that you said all authority has been given to me. Go and make disciples. So I thank you, just as we're learning about authority, that this youth group and I as a leader go out into the community recognizing that we have words to share to a lost, hurt world and that they would come into the house father god that there's room in here there's room in this youth group and i pray that this section's full i pray this youth room's full i pray the budget's full and father god i thank you father god for leaders for finances father god that we are not missing anything nothing missing nothing lacking and father god i pray right now because we value family i pray for the families of each one of these youth students represented here father god that we would have creative ideas how to support them how to equip with them 
lock arms together so that the enemy could not find entrance. I thank you, Father God, that we're not just ministering to youth students, we're ministering to families, Father God. So I thank you, strong families, strong churches, Father God. And you're coming back for a pure, undefiled bride, Father God. And I thank you for choosing us, for the kingdom, for such a season as this, to be a part. Father God, I thank you. You're putting it in people's hearts on how they can be a part. You're putting it in my heart as a leader. And I thank you, Father God, that 2023 is the year of Jubilee. Father God, we claim things back to the youth group that have been lost, those that have been gone coming back in. And Father God, I declare that 2023 will be the best year yet for the youth ministry, Father God, and for the children's church, that joint, Father God, that supplies the youth ministry and young adults going on, Father God, that their faith would not wane, but they would go from faith to faith and glory to glory. Best year yet, in Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Thank you so much, Pastor Mark, Pastor Tasha, and we have one last thing to do. We like to end youth with a game, and some of you have practiced, if you remember from last year. With that being said, I'm going to welcome soon-to-be Mr. African Man. Come on up, Justin. Let's have some fun. There he goes. Give it up for Justin. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot of energy, and it's just good manners. So thank you for applauding for me. Everybody give it up for John.